one of the most controversial weeks of the entire year. The week that the Madden ratings for the following year get released. Whether you're a player, a fucking player of the game, or just an admirer of the NFL, everybody's always interested in how these Madden ratings are going to fucking play out. So are you pissed off? Yes. Nobody's ever like, yes, I agree with all the Madden ratings. All of them. They're all good. Let's just go ahead and we'll fly with that. I agree with every single one of them. Get, I get it as players. You're always going to think that you're better than you're rated. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and you're in the 99 club. Yeah. But fucking A. Every single year, people argue it. No matter what they do, people are going to be upset about them. What do you guys think? Trash. Yeah. Awful. They're, they're <laughs> really bad. Just trash. It's, it's the standard uh, people who know very little about football trying to apply ratings for football. It's like, do you even watch the shit? Well, this is what happens when programmers and coders try to do <laughs> Well, so you know you can actually apply to be a Madden's Raider. Yeah. It's, it's an actual job. Yeah. Well, they need more qualified people doing it. Yeah. yeah I don't cool. want to hear from Tubby Tommy in his mom's basement. About, <laughs> uh, I doubt he knows too much about fucking Wait, football. what was that name? Tubby Tommy? Yeah. Who, who, who's that? Where how'd you come up with that fictional name? I'm just curious. Uh, I just figured a fat guy in a basement. His probably name is probably Thomas, and he's probably fat. So, so I, Tommy. I just want to walk through your thought process here. If if you are Tommy and you are Tubby, odds are you're probably not going to name yourself Tubby Tommy. But if you have an asshole friend like Brandon, he's probably going to call you Tubby Tommy. Is that <laughs> is that what you're getting at? His friends call him. Do, do they do they call him Tubby Tommy in front of his face, or how does that work what out? His mom, his mother still calls him Tommy. His friends call him Tom. Uh, and his girlfriend he had in the fourth grade calls him Thomas. <laughs> All right. All right. I just wanted to, you know, walk through your thought process there. But yes, yeah, so the Madden ratings. Every single year, everyone's upset about them. Players always come out, and for good reason. Um, it's a very political process for Madden, for sure. Because you got the guy on the cover who... It's been a long time since I've seen the guy on the cover, you know, not be the highest rated player. Yeah, or up there at least. Yeah, I mean, what is he? Uh, so, obviously, cover this year is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's 94 overall. Yep. Um, so, what is that, third overall? Um, no, there's there's four or five guys in the 99 club this year. Aaron Donald, I'm not even baby. sure that's Aaron top 10. Donald. That's fringe top 10. The, uh, the Chiefs alone have four guys that are 96 or higher. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not even a top five player. Yeah, no, Julio Jones is up there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys who are who are above 94. Well, so we'll, let's start with quarterbacks. Obviously, the most important position. Let me know. Give me an uh, when you disagree. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Easy. Number two, Russell Wilson. To me, also easy. Yep. Number three, is where the list gets f- Lamar Jackson. Not a chance. I mean, he's the no MVP last year. Way. So, so here's my issue with this: is the quarterback position still, from a programming standpoint, which is what the video game is. It's what is the, what does the, the the video game allow you to do? What attributes do you have? I think the overall of a quarterback needs to be predicated on the ability to throw the ball, and I guarantee his his pa- passing accuracies are completely inflated. But the athleticism, the speed, the elusiveness, right? They, but they that's kind of not give him that's that not Michael a big Vick factor. Quality. 
that's not a huge factor in the quarterback position in a video game. So much in a video game? Hell yeah, they do. So I much, run with the quarterback all the time. But, but what I'm saying is the overall is a function of like awareness and your throwing accuracies, which is yeah, throwing, it's, it's literally three things. It's throw I, power, I guarantee, it's accuracy, yep. and awareness. And I guarantee you throwing Ravens, accuracy if you play with the Ravens, is so inflated. Can you not win a lot if you have Lamar Jackson at you're, quarterback you're making and a you're running with though. him? I'm I'm asking from a gameplay perspective. Sure, yeah. That's how you, you it's easy to win the game. But like if I fucking ran the Wildcat with Deshaun Jackson, I could get, pick up a bunch of yards. Yeah, so Deshaun Jackson should be higher than Lamar Jackson. I agree with that sentiment. Okay, so uh, Lamar Jackson there seems to be a that seems to be heavily heavily contested. To me, yeah. I have no problem with it. Uh, it's actually the next three that I have a huge problem. Here's what it gets: it gets really weird. Drew Brees at 93 overall. Listen, I love Drew Brees as much as the next guy. I fucking love the guy. He's he's so likable. Uh, he's been such a great player his whole career. He is no longer a 93 overall player. Nope. Not at all. If you watch the Vikings playoff game last year, he's slow. He's just not the guy anymore, man. Where yep. does he really belong? I I, I think mid eighties. Yeah, is fair. seven. 80, Eighty-seven is exactly yeah. the number yeah. I had in my head. Yeah. So so they have Matt Ryan at eighty-seven. Who's the better quarterback? I I, I, take I Matt Ryan's overrated eighty-seven. Dude, I mean, <laughs> that's, 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 it's, I think Matt Ryan's over. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, think Matt Ryan's like an 80, 83, 84. Here's the one that I fucking am furious about. Deshaun Watson at number eight. Get the fuck no. out of town. Yeah. If, if you're just rating overall ability, Deshaun Watson should be where Drew Brees is, in my opinion. Drew Brees is at 93 overall. I think you put Deshaun Watson there instead. I could, as I would, third I could take I could take Watson over over um, Lamar Jackson, as Derek said. I, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, and, and when it comes to the ability to actually throw the ball, I mean, you look at I mean Tom Brady, 90 overall. Yeah. He's, he's lost so much throw power, which is a huge function of that. Yeah, his awareness is going to be probably a 99, but... He's lost so much ability from from a, a deep throw accuracy standpoint. That number has to come down. Throwing power has to come down. Um, even even intermediate routes where he's you know so his his accuracy has always been his biggest attribute. He's he's getting a little inaccurate with the football. So at ninety overall, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Uh, I, I think I mean probably eighty five is is probably realistically where he should belong. That that's fine with me. Yeah, it's tough. You, you we were talking earlier. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at eighty nine. I think it's see personally, I think it's too high. I might take him up a little bit, actually. This this is one of those situations where it's like purely on the number alone, is it a little too high? I could definitely see him being 88, 87. But when you compare him in order with everybody else, like he he's still, I think he's better than Tom Brady right now. He's better than Drew Brees for sure. Like Kyler Murray thought that that was disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's always interesting too, to see when you see like players talk about it. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, when they interviewed him, he thought he was ranked low. <laughs> So of course, <laughs> take that. I mean, they always do, and to have that kind of men- that mindset, that mentality. If you're coming, if you're coming more. off an MVP season, you're definitely going to want to be in the upper echelon of that list. Yeah. So, yo, Drew, what do you think about Cousins rating? Uh, what is it? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. I think it's a little too low. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, I'd go. I'd go. That. I'd go eighty-four. Yeah, yep. especially after the right. year he had last year. Yeah, I would. I would have thought that was. Couple ticks higher. I, so, 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 for reference, uh, a fellow eighty-two, Philip Rivers. You can't tell me yeah. Kirk Cousins and Philip Rivers are equivalent quarterbacks right now. Honestly, so Philip Rivers, I'm giving him a seventy. Right, he's so bad. Maybe, like he, he I, I personally, if you watch any San Diego Chargers, he was so bad last year. The last six weeks, especially, he he honestly was struggling to get the ball further than ten yards down the field. Where's Cam on the list? So Cam's tough because, you know, coming off an injury, if, if Cam... I, I'm actually wondering what his number is. I didn't see it. 
I actually haven't seen I it. I haven't seen that either, yeah. actually. I, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I know it's below 83 because I'm looking at top 10 for each team. And uh, Patrick Chung is the lowest. Though. He's number 10 at 83. I bet you he's, he's so. probably right around there. He's probably like 81, 82. Did, did they put him on the team already for Madden? I don't uh, they, they may not have. So a yeah. lot of times, like, whatever is produced has already been produced. Right. And then day one, you'll get that big roster update. I'm just curious to what he, where he's at. Yeah. So a lot of disagreements at quarterback. I think there's going to be even more at running back, personally. I think the running back list is trash. Yeah. Just absolute trash. Christian McCaffrey, number one overall. I don't have any issue with that. 90, 99 overall, I think it's a stretch a little bit. I, I, I would put him more at, like, 97 if their algorithm is that you have to have a 99 overall guy, yes. He's, I, he's, I think this is one of those situations where it's when you start assigning numerical values to things he can do, like his agility has to be a 99. You start assigning his speed has to be in the mid-90s. You, you look at you know that catch rating, his catch has to be high, his route running has to be high. Those are things that are going to drive that overall number up. Um, but then you, you look down a little further down the list, like I think Chubb at 91, like that's an overrate to me. Uh, Derek Henry, I, I like Derek Henry where he's at, but well, so so the list is for our listeners. It goes Christian McCaffrey, number one overall, ninety nine over ninety nine overall is his rating. Derek Henry, number two, ninety three overall. Here's I immediately have an issue with that. Same, Dude, there's, Derek, there's a guy noticeably missing. It's 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 with Madden ratings. It's always their most recent moments. Yep. So everybody's remembering the Derek Henry for the playoffs last year. How could you not? Of course, but if you looked at him through the season. Very sporadic in some games. Um, sometimes it just fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. Uh, so he was not always there. Putting him at number two is such a fucking stretch. I can't even tell I, you. I don't mind him at, at number. I don't mind him at a ninety three overall. But there is a guy or two that needs to be up ahead of him. Uh, there's there's a guy for me that's noticeably missing that should be like a ninety seven. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley is, yeah. is criminally underrated. Just like how bad the Giants were. See, that's what Madden all too often does is they rate players purely based on their previous year and their performance. And you can't fucking do that, man. It, it has to be about the guy and their actual abilities. Yep. Because Great. in a vacuum, if, if, you're, if you're drafting like in franchise mode in Madden, who would you rather draft? Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley? You'd be a fucking idiot if you said Derrick Henry. I'm sorry. Yep. So, agree 100%. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Chubb, number three, tied with Ezekiel Elliott. And then Dalvin Cook and Saquon both tied at 91. I have no problem with Dalvin Cook at 91. I have a huge problem with, with Saquon at 91 yep. overall. Yeah, like I said, he needs to be in that like 95 to 97 range for sure. Sure. How, how is he not right behind McCaffrey? Like the, that's one and one A. Yep. Right. I, I agree. So we talked about Philip Rivers. What, what other players do you just see randomly that you had huge issues with? Uh, I, th- I mean, I thought that Levante David is criminally underrated still at yes. 90. Like that's a joke. I, I was really so sometimes it's hard to, to rate players at different positions. Obviously, I think I still think Aaron Donald's the best player at his football position in the entire league, bar none. Um, obviously, Mahomes was a more important position, much, much more important position, but there is nobody who is as good at their position. Aaron Donald is, is amazing. This why it's, I think it's his fourth year in a row as a 99. It's insane, um, which is ridiculous. But the one when you start, you know, you look at players who played the same position, uh, Von Miller and Cleo Mack are not equivalent players to me. I think Cleo Mack is much better than Von Miller today. Um, so the yeah, fact that, that they're both fair. they're both of ninety sevens is is crazy to me. I, I think Cleo Mack should be a ninety nine, um, and and if he's a ninety seven, then Von Miller is like a ninety three. Well, and JJ Watt at ninety eight, so they rank him as the number two pass rusher. It's just not 
He he the hasn't case. been that for years. I know. Yeah. I don't. Um, it, it's it's names, bro. And see that, and that's that's just the thing there. And then that's a very selective place where they said, "What's this player's ability?" If you put him in a vacuum and pretend like he doesn't get injured all the time and doesn't compile these stats, so they do it for JJ Watt, but they don't do it for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it's well, crazy. I, obviously, my, my bias is coming out here, uh, but TJ Watt was a defensive. He's, no, he's MVP he's one that I had marked. He is. He was, he's an eighty-six. Yeah, he should be a ninety. I mean, that's criminal. 90 at least. That's bad. TJ Watt is a top 10. doesn't matter the position. He's probably a top 10, fringe top 10, but top 10 NFL defensive player at an 86. Fringe. Yeah. That's I, I, insane. That's one immediately. I was like, ah, 90, 92 range is where he should be. Dude, who would you rather have right now, JJ Watt or TJ Watt? I'd rather have TJ Watt. I'd rather have TJ Watt. Straight up. 100%. So he's 98 overall and what, 86? Fuck that. Yeah. That's just, that, see, that's really bad. Yep. That's really bad. J.J. Watt at number two, it's just a total, like, oh, he's such a good guy. Like, NFL, like, yep. uh, Walter Payton, man of the year. Like, it's just, it's very political. Yep. We, we talk about it all the time. And um, any other ratings you saw that kind of piss you off? So, so some Bucks flavor here. One, Rob Gronkowski at 95. As the top title, terrible. That's fucking that, terrible. That's a huge. That's a huge mistake. Uh, Mike Evans at ninety two and Chris Godwin at eighty seven. How is Mike Evans considered better than Chris Godwin at this point? That much better. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get the argument if you think he's better, but that I much better. Like an eighty nine, no eighty nine, or a ninety eighty nine. Okay. Even if you leave yeah. Evans at ninety two, Godwin's got to be like ninety one. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I don't like think that. Evans is a ninety two, but yeah, I, I think either. you just gotta. Then they go. Then they go. So. Chris Godwin. Vita Via and Indomitian Sue are all at 87. How the fuck is Vita Via at the same ranking as Indomitian Sue? Indomitian Sue is an absolute game wrecker. Not, I mean, he's not as good as he used to be, but Vita Via, he's like a season and a half of production. Yeah. There's no way he's on the same, he's on the same uh, place as Indomitian Sue, in my opinion. And then Shaq Barrett, going back to the TJ Watt thing, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. He was the most effective pass rusher in the NFL, 85. Yeah. And then you look at Jamal Adams is a is a ninety two. He should be a ninety five or ninety six. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you look at cornerback like we all like we've all talked about how important that position is. You have the best cornerback, uh, Stephon Gilmore, at ninety nine, which honestly is probably a touch high. I don't think he's that clear in a way the best corner. And then the gap, if you look at who the top you know the top corners are, I think Jalen Ramsey is like a ninety four. And then the next best corner after that is Richard Sherman at 92. Like, it falls off hard. Richard Sherman's overrated. Also, yeah, Sherman shouldn't be 92. And then you get Tredavious. To- Tredavious is at the 89. I don't think the gap between Tredavious and Gilmore is that big. Tredavious White of the Bills yeah. for people an, who he, don't don't follow the Bills. He's an, he's an 89 overall. There's not a 10-point gap between him and Gilmore. There's just not. No. So did you hear that uh, they uploaded for the beta version, for the demo version, the incorrect picture for Lamar Jackson? <laughs> the, the, co- the cover photo. So there's another Lamar Jackson in the league, and they accidentally uploaded that photo. For the cover so athlete. Ob- obviously, it immediately became huge news because, like, how fucking dumb are you? I-, I think he's, like, a backup defensive back, uh, undrafted free agent for the Jets, actually. How do you do that for the cover <laughs> athlete? But if if you're a gamer, you know. EA Sport, EA, EA Entertainment is trash. Yep. They're, they're fucking trash. They're, they're, they're the cancer of the industry. They're like the... Uh, like the Disney of the, I, I don't really know how to describe it. They're, they're just trash. With their, I, I would with say microtransactions they're, 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 they're and worse than they Disney. Do. They've had yeah, issues with microtransactions. Um, and a lot of times what they do is they go in and buy the, the rights outright. So they don't have any competition. Like they don't have any competition in the NFL. Uh, they don't have I any competition one more in player hockey. Like that I think is the most criminal and I can't sure. believe I just found it. Justin Tucker. I think probably the best kicker in, in definitely the best kicker 
right now. I think there's no doubt he'd be the best kicker ever. Mm. He's at an 87. Holy shit. How like Derek, just like you were saying how they did, like how they make these rankings, kick power, kick accuracy, awareness, clutchness. How isn't that guy 99? So the the, the problem with, I know kickers specifically is those because the, the normal formula across the board takes in consideration things like awareness and, and other attributes. It's hard to apply that to a kicker where there's like, there's, there's two attributes. There's two numbers. It's kick power, kick accuracy. I mean, what the fuck does awareness mean for a kicker? Like, Oh, I can't find Situation, the football. Situational awareness. Well, well, you can't find the fucking football. Like it's, it's right in front of you where I mean, you left. Pat it. McAfee has up, yeah. up, up 99 like, awareness for McAfee. Yeah. I mean, yeah. catching Troy Palomalu about to just rob him of yeah, a touchdown that he's about story. to score. That's, that's kicker. Uh, yeah, kicker awareness. So I, I mean, kicker, the best kicker in the game has always been low compared to other you know best positions. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you all the way, Tucker. The the gap should be bigger because I guarantee the second best kicker is probably an 86, and it, it should be a bigger gap. The best part in that viral McAfee uh, video is is when he looks over at AJ Hawk and he goes, "Hey, did you uh, ever do the punt, pass, and kick competition?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah I think I got fifth place." And he goes, "Proud of you, man," because <laughs> Ma- McAfee won it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking love that line. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> But so let's talk about, let's go to the news. Some big stories. Not really. Um, but there have been some contracts signed this week, uh, including one today with Derrick Henry. Uh, Tennessee got it done. I wonder, uh, four years, what, 50 million? Four years, 50, 50 million, yeah. 25 and a half guarantees. So with the Alabama track record, you talk about like Trent Richardson, like a guy like Derrick Henry, like what what is he going to be weighing coming into camp now that the contract signed? Like, 270. <laughs> he seems like a guy that could have weight problems if he's just not completely on his game, right? Do you think? Do you think his place? You think he's gonna show up like so like, like fat? He's so thick. He's tall too. He's not just thick. He's tall as fuck. I don't know that he has has ever had like a weight problem though. That's kind of just like us being like, yeah, he's a really big dude, so he could show up overweight. He he's never really had that issue. He's never been like a guy that they questioned his work ethic. So. Yeah. Like Eddie Lacy showing up looking like a guard. No, we're, de- right. we're definitely that, being assholes. Story. That that's our that's our job on the podcast is right. to be just no yeah. evidence supported. Hey, uh, Derek Henry's gonna come in fat as fuck, right? Yeah. I, I think it's a fair deal though for both both sides. You know, in terms of the uh, the Titans, you know, I think you know, locking him up is probably a good a good good move for them because he's pretty critical to what they're trying to do right now. Even if they're not going to plan on keeping him for the full four years, yeah. Yep. And for Derek Henry, he gets some guaranteed paid money. Uh, so that's a good yeah, deal. I, th- I think it works both. For, for running backs, it's hard to do right now is getting that guaranteed paid money. So, you exactly. know, pr- pretty good sign. Um, but, I mean, did he is he overpaid? Maybe a little bit, but it, it's probably f- a fair trade. I think so, too. All right. So uh, we have a guest on today. And uh, Newman, do you want to introduce the guest? So we have DJ Doug Fresh, who is the in-stadium in DJ for the Rays, among other hats that he wears. Cool. Well, we're going to bring him on right now. He is connecting his audio. <laughs> is audio connected? Yes, yes sir. sir. What's up, Fresh? Hang on. What's up? There we go. There we go. Awesome. There we go. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How we doing? Good. Great. How are you? Uh, fantastic, actually. I got a uh, little bit of bourbon here. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, the rain cooled everything off. Um, just, uh, just chilling. Awesome. <laughs> so where are you right now? I'm at uh, Casa de Fresh right now in the good old uh, Shore of the Acres. Shore of the Acres. Very nice. nice. Very nice. nice. Yeah. 
back here on the island, man. Just uh, you know, staying um, staying safe, being smart, um, chopping down coconuts out of my uh, my backyard coconut palm tree to survive. Hell yeah! You know, just uh, taking it one, <laughs> one day at a time. Is that going to be part of your uh, CBS Survivor audition tape? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to start a YouTube channel on just how to survive uh, back here in Shore Acres. Awesome. Golf cart, golf cart rides to. Uh, to uh, Islander Market uh, and uh, chopping down coconuts to make uh, pina coladas. That's <laughs> awesome. So, Mr. Fresh, thank you so much for joining the podcast, man. Uh, local local legend. And uh, we're very happy to have you on. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know about the local legend part, but uh, yeah, the last the last 20 years just trying to, you know, put St. Pete on the, on the map and uh, everything from nightlife to obviously supporting our our major league sports teams, the Rowdies and the Rays and trying to always kind of create and do fun things to, to keep everybody entertained as far as the fans and the, the people who come out to support at all the events and obviously trying to do my thing on the, the philanthropy side too, with helping out numerous charities and kids organizations and things like that. So just, you know, I'm not, I'm not local born and raised uh, Tampa Bay kid that's uh, you know, is just, just trying to give people a place to go and fun things to do. While having a super great time myself, you know, and uh, so, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's nice to be doing something uh, constructive with my time. (laughs) And I was actually really looking forward to this. So it's good to see Newman over there, too, in in the cut. (laughs) You know? <laughs> yeah, so we don't have uh, visuals on this podcast. Uh, we'll eventually get to that. So uh, don't don't judge us by what you're seeing. <laughs> we're all scattered no, around a room right now. No, it's all good. I, I was waiting for Newman to start ironing something back over there. So it's all good. <laughs> so it seems like we were talking about earlier, uh, you sound like a renaissance man. Because uh, your, your, your name is DJ Fresh, or that's what you go by. But like you said, also a philanthropist. Um, I know that you are a big part of a lot of the uh, big restaurant scenes and, and kind of just great bars that are in this area. So um, you want to tell us a little bit, like if, if you had to define yourself, what, how would you define yourself? Uh, <laughs> Jack of all trades. Uh, you know, the thing that I, you know, I learned you know, so I started, I started working in radio, right. When I was 19 years old, uh, my first year, uh, second year, no, first year in college, actually, right when um, it's called Wild 94.1, um, which is a hip hop contemporary station. Back uh, then, it was called Wild 98.7. Yep. Um, so I started working for the radio station and really learned a lot about promoting how to get people to come to a certain place or a certain venue. Um, I, I really learned a lot and I learned a lot about entertaining people, you know, and it's very similar to having a podcast. When you are on the radio, you know, people can, they can only listen to you. They can't see you. Um, back then we didn't have, you know, there were no GoPros. We didn't have cameras. We didn't have Facebook. We, we, I think we barely even had MySpace back then, but <laughs> it was just a whole different way. So you had to really paint a picture for people of the crazy stuff you were doing on air. Right. And we were known for being wild. Right. So we were known for just doing crazy stuff. So that parlayed into, um, me becoming a DJ. Uh, we would always go and promote at, um, a place called the pleasure dome in Ybor city back in 1999. And, um, just got to be good friends with everybody there because that was my Friday night was hip hop night. Saturday night was like techno and breaks. And that was like the place to go. 2000 people in the main room. Uh, you know, this was back when people could actually party 
together in large groups and crowds, which, you know, we I haven't seen those in days. several months. Yeah. Did you guys actually party like it was 1999? Ooh. Oh, you, you bet your bottom dollar we did. We even thought the world was going to end uh, New Year's Eve going into year 2000. So, um, but, you know, back, back then it was, uh, you know, it was just different times. So you had to really hustle. You know, there was, you know, I think when I went to go fill out an application, get hired at the radio station, the, literally the girl in the front like laughed at me and she's like, you're never going to get hired here. And I was like, <laughs> I just asked you for an application. Yeah. She's like, there's literally like 300 people on a waiting list to get hired here. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, like, well, all right. Okay. I need to find a different avenue. So I actually, I called up everybody that I knew because back then you couldn't message them or put out a post. So I called up everybody that I knew. Turns out a kid I went to elementary school, his mom worked for one of the sister stations, which was a smooth jazz station. I called her up, introduced myself. So listen, I'm, you know, very professional. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I'm just, you know, I just need a chance. I'll do anything. So she got me actually um, a, uh, in, a job. I think, I don't even think I got paid. I think it was just an internship uh, doing ra radio music surveys. So I would go in there like five o'clock till eight o'clock, call people all across the country ask them what radio stations they listened to, who they liked, who they didn't like, blah, blah, blah. And then that led to get my foot in the door. So I've always been that guy that like, I don't like to hear no or take no for an answer. I feel like there's always a way to get what you want by going about it the right way. Sure. And just by just true networking, just, just re through relationships, through networking, um, and through just nonstop hustle, um, which is what everybody is having to do through this, you know, crazy pandemic, you know, adapt, figure out a hustle, maybe a new hustle, um, you know, figure out ways to still, you know, get income coming in during this crazy time. If, if your business or, you know, you were affected, um, you know, financially from this time. So, but yeah, man, it was, you know, radio led into DJing and then, you know, I was doing the club stuff for the first couple of years and sleeping through all my college classes at St. Pete college. And I was just like, SPC. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. SPC fifth Avenue. U. Um, was it SBJC then back then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't mean to throw shade at you fresh. Yeah. Then I'm like the Spicoli of St. Pete. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. I, I went for like the first half of class and then I went straight to up a beach to play volleyball and, you know, boogie board on our, you know, one and a half foot waves that we have on this coast. Yeah. But, uh, Woo! yeah. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it was, it was a crazy time, but you know, fast forward 20 years later, um, you know, now it's allowed me to, you know, have DJ fresh events, which is my event company. And we do everything from celebrity events. We do the super bowl. We do major league baseball's all-star break. Um, you know, it, 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 and then we do X a lot of local games. stuff too, you know, what's that X games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it is, it's been a really wild ride. You know, we always consider St. Pete as like, you know, small town, big city feel. Right. But you know, when I travel and I go to like the Super Bowl or MLB all-star break, or I'm doing, you know, this, you know, like the X games style, style stuff. It's like, I'm talking to all these different people and different hosts and different, you know, people from different, you know, um, areas and they're like, bro, where are you from? Cali, New York, Miami. I'm like, no, like St. Pete. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, Tampa Bay. They're like, oh, yeah. what? Like, they, isn't they that frustrating? Be from? Well, no, because I like it. I like being a disruptor. You know what I mean? I like, I like the fact that I'm not from a major market city and I'm able to go strike a, a three-year deal with the NFL to do Super Bowl. I like the fact that I don't have to. It, it just goes to 
to to unprove the method that everybody thinks is the norm, right? Like you don't need to be, you know, somebody on Instagram that has 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 million followers. You know, I have like less than 6,000 followers. I'm okay with that because my level of clientele that I have to me is more important than, you know, how many people are, are following me or how many, you know, people do this or do that. Like for me, it proves that my 20 years of hard work uh, has paid off and continues to keep paying off. So, you know, that, that to me, um, that to me is the fun part is seeing how far I can actually take this thing. But sure. You know, I have the DJ fresh events company, which is great. But then I also created back in 2009, uh, the certified fresh DJs. So these, these are a group of DJs. These are, these are like our DJ crew. They are, um, you know, hand selected by me guys with great personalities who can rock the mic, rock the party. When you see that certified fresh stamp, on that flyer, on that ad, or on that, you know, um, uh, that's attached to that party, you know, it's going to be a good time. Your so legion got, of DJs. Yeah. Yeah. That's you cool. know, and, and we've been able to do great because like, look, you know, when you're in a, in the entertainment industry, you can only be at one party at one time. Right. Ah, so fuck that. Way, well, <laughs> I, I, until, until my scientists have figured out the cloning thing, which they're really close. They're really close, <laughs> but, uh, the cardboard cutouts I kept putting up at other places, just people yes. weren't believing it. So, yes. um, but you know, this way it allows me to feed other guys that are hungry up and coming guys past the torch, you know, and get them to be able to do all these awesome events with me. I have them fly to come and do Super Bowl. I have them fly to come and do MLB all-star break too, and help me out with these other gigs. But we do, you know, we give back, we do a lot of charity events, you know, with children's cancer center and, you know, um, all children's hospital, Johns Hopkins and, um, children's, um, dream fund, helping kids dreams come true. So we do everything from A to Z, Sure. but then aside from the DJ side, there's also, um, the television side. So I'm a, I'm a guest host on HSN, which is the home shopping network. So I go on air and I represent, um, you know, beats by Dre headphones, Sony, Samsung, anything electronics that has to do with sound or audio. And then I also, uh, a couple of years ago, broke into the toy category. So now I get to like play Ooh. with drones, robots, nice. like remote control cars, all these, like I'm a kid at heart, man. I'm like, you know, a Toys R Us kid. You've made a living out of being a DJ. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't ever have to grow up. <laughs> DJ Fresh, yeah, it, it, DJ, you know, entrepreneur, <laughs> HSN <laughs> contributor, <laughs> rabbi on occasion, also yeah, priest, I mean, I, I, I weirdly what, enough. Yeah, and I guess whatever the client wants me to be, I'll, I'm like a hybrid. You That's know, awesome. they want me to officiate their wedding. Hey, you know, I mean, I'll step in. You well, know, what whatever, about whatever it takes? What about Let's music go. producer? Because um, I might have a lead for you, uh, and you know, I don't want to be too forward, but uh, we get a lot of crazy shit that gets sent to us. And uh, earlier this week or yesterday, to be more accurate, uh, somebody dr- decided to drop a. Com- completely unsolicited. We didn't ask this guy to do this, but he dropped a, uh, what do you call it? A mixtape? No, no. Uh, freestyle on our page. Okay. So we we did some uh, tinkering with it, and we want to know what you think. Uh, let us know. And this guy did it at a very professional studio on the side of his bed. Um, we, want, we want your honest opinion. Let us know what you think of this freestyle and our remix. So His here, name is not MC Newman, is it? Uh, no. No, so, so the artist's name is Miguel Mendor, and he is coming his pants as we speak <laughs> listening to that because this guy is looking, for, he's looking for any traction he can get. So let, we want your honest opinion, DJ, for us. 
Let us know if this has the chances to go in the big time. Buccaneers is my passion. Music is my passion. We play football and fashion. Fashion. <laughs> DNA. Buccaneers fluid in my vein. In my vein. Gold jacket. Going to the Hall of Fame. Gold jacket. Ballin' like, like my girl, they know my name. Know my name. Fire them cannons, move the chain. Fire them cannons, still go range. No more pain. Super Bowl ring. Just like throwback days. In Tampa Bay, LFG, you got slayed, you fumbled the ball, so you played, LFG, that's the pirate's life, Bucks Nation, I'm a Bucks Haitian, fire them cannons, fire them cannons, oh, 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 did he say I'm a Bucks Haitian? Yes, he did, yes, sir. he did, he did, we cannot confirm or deny yeah. if that's true. So apparently I'm this be honest. I'm gonna be honest real quick. <laughs> it was hard to follow along. <laughs> However, I'm all about being positive and uplifting. Yeah. Right? You gotta start somewhere. Sure. You gotta yeah. start somewhere. I, I do appreciate the Kanye esque late registration style of okay. the girl coming in with the vocal. Or maybe <laughs> that girl was me. Maybe he changed maybe he changed the pitch of his own. That could have been his voice. I don't know. But hey. Look, you got us. There were some things that rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> so, would you rate it certified fresh? I cannot put the certified. <laughs> on. That's fair. I can't. I can't. So, yeah. So, so um, d- but that was yeah. That was. Um, it was a, quite a ride, huh? A yeah, that was a. a Five them cannons. You know what? If you could send me a sample of that, I could actually take that and be like, "Fop, fop, 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 So, so Doug, yeah, talking I, about I, I can chop that all up. Ta- talking about getting starts, right? You actually started yeah. as you were one of the Bat Boys for the original Rays, right? Uh, Tampa Bay yeah, Devil so, Rays. Wow. Yeah. So um, I was 17 in high school, about a year before, uh, about a year or two before. Actually, probably about two years before I started at the radio station, um, I heard an announcement. I went to Northeast High, right? I'm a St. Pete boy. So I went to Northeast High. I heard an announcement over the intercom, something about them, the new baseball team, holding auditions for um, uh, uh, Bat Boy and Clubhouse positions. And I just literally, like, I left school immediately. I just, I, <laughs> as you should. I literally just, yeah. I just, <clears throat> I literally just left school <laughs> and uh, went home, typed up a quick like resume, drove down to Allang Stadium, <clears throat> and just started beating down doors until I found somebody, and then gave my resume to somebody. And about a week later, I got a phone call. Said, "Hey, um, we'd like to invite you out to an audition to audition to be a, a Bat Boy." And I went. What the hell do I have to do? So, like, you know, I got somebody up. some balls and hand somebody a bat. Like, what, <laughs> do I got to do a bat flip? Like, what do I, what do I have to do? But um, it was actually, it turned out to be one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, and the fact that now I've been with the team 21, 22 years since the start. And the, the, the time I was a bat boy, I was 17 through about the time I was like, 20. So for the first three years there, 98, 99, 2000, I mean, dude, I went to, I went to work every day with Wade Boggs, Fred McGriff, Jose Canseco. I mean, you know, hanging out with, with Derek Jeter and hanging out with, 
you know, just people I grew up because I played baseball too. I played baseball for like 14 years and you know, it was just like, I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. I made $33 a game. I still have my pace. Pretty good. What'd you, what'd you get tipped? 30, well here. Okay. So that's the cool <laughs> part. So, you know, you got $33 a game, but at the end of spring training, um, they basically like narrowed it down. There was like 200 kids that tried out for this. It was crazy, but, um, you know, they narrowed it down to like five or six kids because we could only miss so much school because I was still in high school. So at the end of spring training, they handed every bat boy an envelope and the envelope had your name on it. So what they did was they passed the envelope around to all the players. And if the players liked you or whatever, they would see your name like Doug and then they'd throw in extra money if they liked you or whatever. They didn't like you. They'd only throw in like a hundo or whatever. <clears throat> so like at the end of spring training, my envelope was like this thick and everybody <laughs> else's was like this thick. And I was like, man, this is really cool. So then at the end of the actual physical um, uh, game year, you got another envelope uh, or two. Um, and then that was what really paid off. Because, I mean, I was like 17, 18 years old, and I would have thousands of dollars, you know, in this envelope. But you would get tipped out for doing errands for everybody. So, like, if somebody needed a ride, you know, they'd drop you a 50 or a hundo. If somebody needed to go to the airport or if somebody – you know, family was coming in and you took care of all their stuff and brought their bags in the family room. Like it was really like a cool, crazy, um, time, but to fast forward and now, you know, be like the creative director for the team and produce everything that you see in stadium video content wise, also produce about 80% of the music, you know, be their official DJ pumping up the fans and have a mascot, you know, kind of, created and portrayed off of your your personality too dj kitty you know, right that's correct dj kitty um you know it, it, so you came up you came just, up with a concept for dj kitty so dj kitty was a um a night of having some cocktails with um it, it can only start like, that way like a good start it can only start that's how this page started well <laughs> listen let's be honest all great things start with there was a night of having some cocktails yep and uh no, and you know, it was, this was back when Keyboard Cat was getting all these hits on YouTube, and um, you know, it was like me, the VP of marketing, and one other guy, one other executive. I forget what his title was, and we we came across the Keyboard Cat. And we were just trying to research cool, fun stuff to really just you know be creative and out the box and do different things for every for all the fans and their in-game experience. And uh, somebody pulled up Keyboard Cat, and we all were like, "This is." this is just stupid. Like the cat's not even doing it. Like, it's just not, how does this cat have like a hundred million views? And then somebody, I don't even remember who said it. Somebody was like, we need to have like a, a cat. That's like a, like a DJ. And he's like, got his hat turned back. And he's like, he's just like, you know, on the turntables. And he's just like, he's like <laughs> crushing this, this keyboard cat. Like he's just doing, you know, the, the turntable thing, like, you know, like the fresh does in the, in the stadium. And, and then everybody just went like, bing. And then we're like, oh my God, let's do it. So we literally like that week, we ordered this cheesy mascot costume off the internet. We put one of our, our guys in it, let him go around. We did that for, I'd say it was a couple of weeks. And MLB actually hit us up and sent us a cease and desist. It was like, yo, you guys better shut this down. So turns out, obviously, all the teams are franchises. You have to run everything through Major League Baseball, especially if it has to do with the actual team and the organization and the brand. So we went through a whole year of approved mascot 
costumes and outfits and a lot of money before DJ Kitty uh, got the personality and look that he has now. Um, but that was just a wild, crazy, viral thing that we did that we had no idea that Kitty was going to turn into an actual mascot or unofficial mascot for us. But the cool thing that I like to see is like when I do like, you know, Sunday when we let the kids run the bases and we let the fans on the field and we bring out the big, huge stage that's a, a live boom box and I'm DJing and, you know, you get to see thousands of fans out there on a Sunday and then DJ Kitty comes up and he's doing his thing. Watch the kids, like eyes light up. And even the parents, the parents are like, you know, getting their pictures in, pointing. That to me is what it's all about. You know, it's all about giving the fans and the people that experience that they hope for or just give them even more that they had hoped for coming, you know, to to watch a major league, you know, baseball game. So that that's so, definitely one of the coolest things that I think has happened um, to me and being able to parlay this DJ persona and this 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 DJ position into other cool lanes like that. So, so is DJ Kitty certified fresh? Oh, is that one of your actual the, DJs in in the costume? <laughs> from the day Kitty was conceptualized. Uh, Kitty was born certified fresh. Okay. Absolutely. So this so. is this is something that I was thinking about. You know, heading into this is how do you handle obviously an unprecedented situation like we have? Um, looks like we are going to be continuing baseball games without fans. Do you integrate some of the stuff that you would typically do in the stadium for the fans into the broadcasts, or how do you how do you keep that energy up and, and keep that uh, that I mean, obviously the Rays have a unique style of presentation uh, compared to some other teams in the organizations around the league. Correct. Um, the thing with broadcast is because obviously they have to have their advertisers, right? Because right. that's how they can make their money and, and all that. So there's not that much free time to do that. And still trying to abide by these guidelines from the CDC, you want to, you know, you want to be smart, be safe, do what's right in this crazy time, not to draw any red flags or have anybody think any type of way that you're not, that you're putting the players in jeopardy or whatever. So honestly, um, it, it, I'm not sure what's going to happen yeah. yet. Um, I think everybody, you know, cause I do, I do stuff for the major league baseball's players association too, as well. So, you know, I've been talking with the players association, been talking with the Rays, been talking to the players, you know um, you know, some of the players even live here in the same neighborhood. And I see them. I saw snow, you know, two days ago and we just had a quick chat about it and, you know, it's just a wild time right now. And I think everybody's just, just holding on to their reins and just trying to just steer and maneuver the right way and, and ease their way into things. Um, it hopes that they can keep going and keep going with letting things just get relaxed and relaxed and relaxed as the cases start to drop. So I'm not sure, to be honest, you know, here's the crazy part. This is the very first year that I was actually able to be their creative director for the team. Mm -hmm. So we started working back in December you know, shooting content, creating 3D graphic animation of the Ray swimming through the water, producing the team open that you, everything you would see visually right. in this stadium for the stadium experience we created. And we're not able to show any of that this year. Yeah. So I mean, that, that to me was extremely frustrating. However, you know, these are like unprecedented times. We've never been through anything like this. So, you know, you just have to take it with a grain of salt. You know, you, you know, does it suck that I'm not able to walk in there on a Friday and, entertain anywhere from 10 to 25,000 fans. Yeah, it, it does suck. Cause I love to entertain. I love to connect with people. I love to talk to fans, I love to find out how far they came just to see their favorite player or to watch their favorite team. 
Um, but you know, it, it is what it is, you know? So, um, the other part is, you know, my entertainment company, there, there are no events, right? You know, there, there's, yeah. there, you know, the, the nature of the entertainment and hospitality business is that we, Tough whether times. you're a bar, whether Tough you're times. a nightclub, whether you're an entertainer, a comedian, a, a, you're in a band, it's not even tough times. It's, it's, it's dire straight times. Yeah. You have to adapt because there are no gigs there. There's no sign of in two months from now, everything is going to be fine. You can get back to work. Right. There, there's none of that. And we, our job is, you know, we have to do our job in big crowds of people, right. You know, whether they're hundreds of people or, you know, if we're doing, you know, festivals and other stuff, thousands of people. So, you know, it, it's just a really crazy time right now. And everybody is just, um, you know, kind of on hold or if they're smart, they're adapting. You know, I started the, my creative agency. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years now. And luckily I started it about three months before the pandemic hit, not even knowing uh, just because it was a passion project. And then we were working on the race thing and it was like, man, good thing I was adapting and doing this, you know, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, but you know, I always say, look, you know, it's always good to have revenue streams coming in from multiple different sources, right? Sure. You can only make so much money just being a DJ. You know, you can only make so much money just being an accountant. You can only make so much money just being, you know, working at a coffee shop or owning a coffee shop. But if you have two or three coffee shops, or if you're a DJ and you're a producer and you're a host on HSN and you're this or that, you know, then you have multiple sources of, of income coming in so that if something does happen like this, you still can thrive and still make money. I think this was, I hate to say it because it's, it's also, it's been very devastating and very you know traumatic for a lot of people, but in a way it's been a wake up call for a lot of people too, to make sure that you're financially prepared and that your job or your, your skill or your trade that you make, you can make money off of is not recession proof, right? but pandemic proof. Disease proof. Yeah. I mean, everything is moving online. Everything is moving virtually. You're starting to see a lot of companies now who are still functioning and not actually having to have workers come into the job place. Pretty much you know? every so company think, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge wake up call for a lot of people and it's, uh, it's, it's fight or flight time right now. So it's either, you know, you adapt or you get left behind. Sad time, um, bad time for Tampa Bay sports too. I mean, we were primed up to have uh, a a very good Lightning team in the playoffs. Uh, You're talking about probably the best raised team in a decade, Um, and of course Tom Brady's arrival. And and if if you don't think Tom Brady came to Tampa to fill seats, you're a fool. Literally, the immediately right when he came in, boom, season ticket wait list immediately started again. First of all, if you don't think Tom Brady came to Tampa to win a Super Bowl in Tampa <laughs> while wearing a Tampa uniform, yeah. you're a fool. Oh, I mean, for listen, sure. There's, these guys are not idiots. These guys are extremely smart, not only on the field. These guys have a whole team to help them make financial, smart, strategic decisions. You know what I mean? Yep. Like And brand there's building. There's a reason. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's a reason why Gronk, Gronk used to come hang out all the time when he was here in the off season, he's got friends here in Tampa Bay. He used to come out back when I had sweet six in 2012, 2013, 2014, he'd be out every weekend with his brothers wearing their crazy, like pants, those crazy, like, uh, you know, they look like uh zebra yeah. Zumba, or uh, yeah, like they, the, Cavaricci. loud mouth yeah. or whatever. The John Daly brand. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're like just you know they have their own brand of clothing, the the the, the Grunk Brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, look, you know, I'm still having faith because this is the last Super Bowl that I'm doing as part of my contract that I signed. But it's it, not the last one I will do. But um, this one was going to be very special. But once again, it's like, you know, look, not only is it going to bring a ton of you know money and economic positivity to the Tampa Bay area and really help businesses travel, you know, just the economic everything of, of Tampa Bay and surrounding areas. But yeah, I mean, I can sit here and, and whine and complain all day long about this sucks and blah, 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 and go on social media and complain and do all this and all that. But like, then what? People don't want to hear that right now. There's already too much negativity and too much complaining and too much whining and going on in the world. It's like, Let's be positive. Let's flip the script. Let's say, you know what? Super Bowl is going to happen. We're going to rock it. It's going to be great. We may not have fans for the first part of the football season. I'm sure we'll have fans for the second part of the football season. And listen, let me tell you something. I've been to Super Bowl now the last three years in a row. I have never, and I, no, I've never gone to see a soccer game overseas, okay? And I know how crazy those can be. However, the amount of money that is poured into the Super Bowl for, you know, a three-hour show is one of the most insane revenue spends I've ever seen on planet Earth. So I really think that the Super Bowl is going to happen, and I think that it's going to be the first major big sport to be able to have their championship game, if you will. Um, you know, the, the baseball team will do their thing. Granted, everything goes okay um, with, you know, the – the shortened season NBA will have their thing with a shortened season, but there's nothing like Super Bowl that people look forward to. So I'm, I'm staying positive, not <laughs> letting anybody get me down. I'm, I'm just trekking along thinking that, you know, Super Bowl is going to happen. Brady and Gronk are going to lead us to a Super Bowl and Tampa is going to be celebrating for like a, literally a month straight until we go right into, um, you know, Gasparilla and everything else. Well, actually, that's, fans that's or no weekend. fans, that all that all that stuff can still happen. Even if COVID, you know, as long as the season can continue on, even if there's no fans, all that stuff can still happen. Um, but it's DJ Fresh. What I've been saying is, you know, the the saying "too big to fail." There's too much on the line. There's too much money at risk, and the NFL is too big to fail. Like just you were saying, like how individual players have that kind of support. You, you don't think there are is money and investors behind this who will let this fail? There's no chance. There's it, it's there's too much money involved, too too many contracts in place to allow anything to, to not allow this to happen. Um, in, in my mind, I've, I've I've put a stake in the ground in that opinion, and I've been banging that drum for a while. For sure. So, so fresh. Listen, I'll, I'll, hang on. Let me just say one thing. I'll bang the same drum with you because I completely agree. It costs a million to several million dollars to produce a Super Bowl commercial for that short period of time. Whether it's a 30 second commercial or it's a full minute. You know, like I agree with you. I agree with you. I, you know, and there are billionaire owners that are very well connected to, you know, hopefully ensure that this will happen. So I will continue to bang that same drum with you, my friend. Oh yeah, and just like you were saying, you know, you were working on the the Rays digital uh, digital media stuff back in back in November, you know, back back in the winter. So were all those comp- so were Doritos, so were Pepsi, so were Ford. They've been working on those commercials for six, eight, ten months. How many? How, how much money have they already sank? 
You don't think how deep their pockets, they're not going to let a Super Bowl go? Not a chance. Not a chance in the world that that happens. Um, and I think even if it's a scaled down version, you know, even if they scale down, you know, because keep in mind, like when, when we go do Super Bowl, we're there for like 10 days. Mm-hmm. We, we do seven days straight of the NFL experience, which starts the weekend before Super Bowl even happens. So there are events, sponsored events, you know, activations, there are, you know, retail, buying the jerseys, buying the gear, like the commemorative stuff, like, you know, even if it's a scaled down version, or even if it's half of what a normal Super Bowl would be, um, I, I think that, it, in fact, it still will happen, you know, who, you know, we'll, we'll talk in February and see how we, uh, how, how we fared here with this conversation. But uh, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to beat the same drum you are about that. And, uh, and I, and I think it's definitely still going to happen. You don't know me, but I'm never wrong. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so, so you look for- like a guy that is never wrong, unless you're wearing uh, a, 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 a bulls Jersey that does not have uh, either Michael Jordan, Pippen or Rodman on the, on the back. I can only see very, very uh, seldomly your, your, your jersey and the colors. <laughs> no, so I'm actually up here in Indianapolis. Uh, I know. I was going to say, is it a Hoosiers? It is. It is a Hoosiers jersey? It is an Indiana jersey. It is. I literally was going to say that because my family, uh, my, my, my mom's side of the family is from Beach Grove, just outside of Indianapolis there. So, okay. All right. You're cool. See, you're cool in my book. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're good. Debatable. So, so fresh. Going back to the thing where you're talking about adapting. So one of the things that you do every year, which is probably one of the best things that the Tampa Bay area has going on in it, in terms of just charities, is you do the raise on the runway, uh, partnering with the raise and the Children's Dream Fund. So this year, you guys had to adapt and do the raise off the runway. Were you part Correct. of the decision making in what that? Tell us how that went. Um, and you know, you know, so the Children's Dream Fund is is something near and dear to my heart. You know, the, these are. These are kids with uh, life-threatening illnesses who are stuck in hospitals, who have missed birthdays, proms, homecomings. Um, you know, have have have. You know, some of these children have just barely gotten by and and, and survived. Um, and then and then, unfortunately, there are some kids that 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 haven't been able to um, <clears throat> overcome their illnesses and um, and who've passed away. And it's just you know, I'm blessed to have two healthy kids and it's so heartbreaking um, to, to watch these kids and their families and what they go through. So, you know, one of the things that we, that we do is, um, you know, we put on this and this has been going on for, man, I think at least 12, 13, maybe 15 years now, but um, it's, it's raise on the runway is this fashion show that um, raise players and their significant others or their wives will walk down a runway uh, wearing fashion from a local, you know, store, boutique, or whatnot, with one of the dream children too, and they strut their stuff. They have fun, and we auction off like cool, fun gift baskets that the players have made, thrown all their favorite things in this basket, or, or um, we'll auction off, you know, a, 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 you know, a bat that they used in the World Series, or a, a this or that, and it's just, you know, we always raise around a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars at this event. It's a ticketed event, um, always about 300, 350 so people in attendance. So, you know, the Dream Fund, as well as other organizations, all their donations are down. Nobody's able to have events. Nobody's able to raise money. It's been very, very difficult for everybody to try to figure out, like you said, how to adapt, right? So, you know, I started when this first quarantine thing started happening. It was right during St. Patty's Day weekend. 
And I was down and depressed. I'm like, this sucks. Like, you can't even enjoy St. Patty's Day. I really soaked it in the full extent of, of this whole COVID thing and everything. And, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go live from my balcony and have my buddy fly his drone and go live from a drone. And, you know, because nobody else is doing that. So there. And I did a live, like, one-hour set off the fly. I had nothing planned. Literally, I was, like, five or six minutes late even getting up. Uh, on live because we were just still trying to figure out stuff and um and i just blasted speakers blasted shouting out my neighbors apologizing for the loud music and just you know but to watch the reaction of people sending me video of them streaming it on their tvs and their kids dancing in their living room and everybody partying fun and safe and enjoying themselves i was like wow life can still go on <laughs> so when these companies and organizations started calling me saying look we've seen what you've been doing with these live you know, virtual events, can you help us? Like, what what can we still do? What can we still do to be able to raise money, make an impact, create awareness? And I said, look, you, you know, some of these companies even were like, look, we're going to postpone the event till next year. And I said, no, like, don't. We got to fight through this. We got to keep trekking through. There is a way we can do this. So, you know, I just worked with them. Um, you know, I obviously come from the production world too. So not only am I on camera doing the hosting, but I actually love to do the production work too behind the camera. I love to direct. I love to produce. I love to, you know, set up the equipment. Um, I love to do everything. So for me, it was explaining to them, look, we can still do this. You can't No, you're probably not going to make $120,000 like you would for a ticketed event, but you can still make sure that we raise some money to make some kids dreams come true. So, you know, we raised around $40,000. Um, the raise on the runway, uh, idea, to name it, raise off the runway came from the executive director, Cynthia uh, Lake, who's just absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, the raise, we, we pitched it to the raise and the raise were like, we absolutely love it. We're a hundred percent on board. Anything we can do to help. I mean, we had Ozzy Timmons on live. We had uh, Kevin and Marissa Kiermeyer on live uh, with us too. We had um, about 700 people watching, which was great. Uh, you know, it was just a really, it was just about an hour long, but I think it just sent the right message that the show must go on. You know, why should we stop helping these sick kids? These kids can't stop their illnesses, you know, and they can't stop being in the hospital until they get better. So it's our job to do that for them. It's our job to keep, to keep going. So um, I'm working with the Children's Cancer Center now on theirs. Um, on Bikes is an amazing event that we do every year in um, December where we do a big, huge bike ride uh, down downtown Tampa. And we provide about a thousand bikes for um, at risk and, um, um, and um, underprivileged kids because we, all, we feel that every kid should be able to have a bike, especially during the holiday times. Um, so, you know, that's been the biggest thing really is to, to make sure that even if we don't raise the same amount of money, that we still keep doing something and we still keep fighting through and, and we still keep adapting. You know, we may not be able to have you there in person, but the next best thing is to let you come online for an hour, interact with us, have some fun, crack some jokes, you know, let everybody smile, sit at home, have a drink, you know, pour yourself a little something and, you know, sit back, relax and, and enjoy being a part of something rather than just not doing anything at all. You know? Sure. Amen. Fresh. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, 
We appreciate so much you coming on, man. Uh, you you are one of the many reasons why St. Pete is going in the path that it is. I mean, we're talking about the pier. Uh, obviously, it's become this cultural, just culturally rich, just beautiful place. And like you said, you say St. Pete, and you always have to specify Tampa. Because if, if you're in Indianapolis, not a lot of people are going to know where St. Petersburg, Florida is. But I guarantee you in five years, they will know where St. Petersburg, Florida is. And you are one of the big reasons why that is. So we appreciate you so much coming on, uh, talking about what you're doing for the area. I mean, just not 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 just you know what you're doing in terms of inter- entertainment, but you are like truly enriching people's lives in this area. So we, we really just appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, Fresh. No, I pre- yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate the fact that you guys are doing this podcast too. I think it's uh, extremely important. I've actually been thinking about, you know, creating, you know, a podcast and doing a podcast myself because, you know, it's times like these that everybody needs to stay connected, um, stay in the know, stay together, and, you know, stay creative too as well and keep sure. the conversation, the dialogue going. So um, greatly uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. This is This is fun. And honestly, this is, refreshing for me too to be able to just hang out with you guys for uh you know for this past however long we've been on um so uh truly appreciative and uh thank you guys so much for all the all the kind words i'll uh continue to uh to make you proud uh as well and hopefully (laughs) i'll see you guys uh i'll see you guys soon out and about and we can uh crack a beer together and uh and maybe go catch a raise game looking forward to it man looking forward to it it. mr fresh all right thanks guys thank you buddy fresh Appreciate I it. appreciate you. Be good. You too, you buddy. Too, bud. Thanks, man. All right, so that was DJ Fresh, uh, St. Pete, Tampa legend. Uh, he denies it, but it's 100% fact. Guy's got his paws in everything St. Pete. It's just, it's really cool, man. I mean, there's really nothing that guy isn't involved with right now in terms of the St. Pete scene. And if you don't know about St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to this podcast. This is a fucking up-and-coming area. And uh, the reason we are is because of go-getters like uh, DJ Fresh. And so we really appreciate him coming on. And, uh, dude, fucking love everything that guy's doing. It's great. What a professional, too. Like, hits all the plugs. He mentioned everything he's involved with. He got the full name in. He knows how to work it. Yeah, maybe the two of you you can talk about how to make good segues. Pro. He's (laughs) absolute pro. Yeah. You kind of ticked me off. I wanted to ask about the casting couch auditions for DJ Kitty. I didn't want to interrupt him. And then you jumped right into yeah. Corona, which, you know, we, we wanted to cover. I mean, I was, I was super curious. I mean, obviously you, you expect certain ballpark sounds, the stupid charge thing. And there's certain things you expect to hear when you're, you're watching or at a baseball game and to like lose that on the broadcast. Cause when you're watching a broadcast, you still hear it. So I'm like, are they just going to play, you know, the da, 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 charge like in an empty stadium? Like what the, how's that going to yeah, work? So it'll Brandon, echo more. <laughs> what was your casting couch? Uh, was it a, uh, I'd hire them all, but there is no job. <laughs> that's, that's for my only fans account. Actually. So that's, that's my I'd hire them all, but there is no job. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, you know what? That would actually be a funny video we could collaborate on with with uh, DJ Fresh, where it's like, "Hey, uh, so what are you doing?" Uh, like like a cat. Meow. So here's meow. the problem. I- hey, uh, you're. Uh, so you came in here. Well, you single mom? Man, you're sexy. Hey, uh, why don't you take off some of that fur? 
And uh, hey, you know, for this uh, DJ Kitty role, I can't just hire a pretty face. You're, you're gonna you're gonna have to um you know you're gonna have to do a lot of music. So what I'm asking you is, how are you with bats and balls? <laughs> I felt bad because as soon as I, uh, as soon as we were talking about, you know, the, the inception of, of, of DJ Kitty and how it started and then hearing about the legal problems that they went through, I was like, oh man, I'm going to feel really bad. Like, I feel like we should get permission first before we do the, uh, sports, you know, sports movie. What's the facts with the origin of DJ Kitty and yeah. his catnip withdrawals and all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Full send brother. Full send. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to feel really bad doing this, but we're probably gonna do it anyways. All right, so uh, some pretty big news that I don't know if any of us have seen. It happened a couple hours ago, uh, but this is somewhat breaking. Uh, but Miles Garrett, this will piss you off, Brandon, just signed a massive extension with the Browns uh, worth $125 million. So uh, there's already been memes produced. We did not produce this. But uh, if you want to know how much $125 million is, uh, he was fined. $45,623 for hitting Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. So with his new deal, he can now hit Mason Rudolph on the head 2,739 times. Boom! And I say, because I fucking hate uh, Mason Rudolph, good for you, Miles Garrett. I hope you at least get one more crack in. That's awesome. I mean, my thoughts are, I mean, it's, it, what has Miles Garrett done to, to deserve that? And he was really good last year. Very, very, really very good. Last good. Year. And the year before. Yes. He, PFF, and, and he was a top he, five he pass rusher. season and what has that resulted for the Browns? I, I mean, mean, he, 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 he was on track to 100% be a pro bowler, likely a pro, uh, uh all pro last year. So going, going to Brandon's year. point there, um, He's actually the first Brown drafted in the uh, first round out of 12 of the last, since like 2007, to get a second contract with the Browns. That's how bad they have been at drafting. He's so great. I, I, would, I don't know that I'd blame great Miles player. Garrett on that being the, the case there, Brandon. He is a great player. Like, in, in, like, he's kind of forgotten about him. People have forgotten about him because of the Browns. He's, next year, you're going to hear a lot about him. Um, he's Every bit as good as the Bosa brothers, like he is that disruptive. I'm telling you. And the thing about him too is it's not just a pure pass rusher. He's not. Right. A, he's not a Von Miller where he, everything that you need to see from a productivity standpoint shows up in the sack column. He is a edge. Yeah. He sets the edge. He plays the run. He is a like complete, Nick Bosa. Yeah, he's, he's for a sure. Stud. Yeah. Um. So I just saw the details on that. Now we're you know we're in that that four hour or two hour range where we're starting to get some of the details. Um. Apparently, 100 of that is guaranteed. Jesus. 100 million of it? Yeah, 100 of the 125 Good for him, is man. guaranteed. And I, I, 50 of it is is guaranteed at signing. I actually think that... Congratulations. He'll average five wins for the next... Oh, man. He, dude, he can never give it up for anybody else in the AFC North. He's a bitter Yens. And the best part about being a bitter Yens is... Uh, they're lo- I was looking at some of the uh, 2010 rivalries and the records and everything. Um, I, was, I was pleased to find out that... The Pittsburgh Steelers have a losing record against the Ravens in the uh, 2010s. Ooh. 13, we're, we're, 13 and 9. So, we're talking uh, about the Browns. Do you know who the most. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying you, you guys pretend to be the big brother years. in that division, and you're not. Ben Roethlisberger has won more games in Cleveland Brown Stadium than any Browns quarterback has in the past 20 years. To be fair, he's played more games. Brandon is pretty, he's pr- <laughs> like, he's really unfair with the Bengals and the Browns. He's pretty fair about the Ravens. He knows that they. Got that booty. Yeah. I just, I hope some of those, you know, wins from last decade can, can somehow factor into the future. 
Steelers. Oh, wait, they don't. That's weird. Brandon, Brandon does hate a few Steelers, though. He hates Bud Dupree for some reason. I don't know why, but he, he he's not a big Bud Dupree fan. They're franchise player this year. Uh, he is not the franchise player. He is a product of... Well, he, he uh, missed the word there. He's, a product, he's a product of the 3-4. Uh, he, he, for, for his... Literally, I, I wouldn't have given him the franchise tag, uh, let alone him filing a grievance, which is ridiculous. He, he's a product of a great 3-4 defensive line and having a great uh, Ed Rusher on the other side, absorbing a lot of the double teams. Um, so he is TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt and Javon Hart. Eh, the list goes on and on. Newman, uh, but the, where were you going with that Dupree call out? I mean, we're talking about the Steelers. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, we're, but, we're, any, any, but was this like any, a weird anything segue else? into anything else? Well, well, I have a question with the, in regards to the whole, the grievance is bullshit. How do you figure oh, that? So it's a segue. segue. Yes. So Bud Dupree <laughs> wants to get paid as a defensive end, not as an outside linebacker, even though it can, like, I don't, I don't, is I didn't it not read dumb? It, so is it not dumb? Set it up. Set it up. Introduce the topic. So uh, Shaq Barrett and Bud Dupree have both filed Dupree, uh, grievances with the NFL, uh, all both related to their contract status and what position they are listed as. Yep. Is that not the dumbest thing, though, that they're, they get paid uh, like several million dollars worth of difference? Because so it's of, a $5 million be, difference this year. Because they play in a different scheme that oh, is slightly 100%. diverse? Like, come on. That is bullshit. And the the grievance is a hundred percent warranted. Like yeah. you're, yeah, especially how, how you for Barrett. That? Especially for Barrett, I, I would I would argue more for Barrett than Dupree. Who, for for Dupree, yeah, it's a little. Who would I mean, you say winds up on the line more? I would say Barrett, probably for sure. Yeah, Barrett. So th- I think there needs to be uh, some rules set as far as usage and not what you're listed at from a position standpoint. If they call you an outside linebacker but you play eighty five percent of your snaps, right. you start within two yards of the line of scrimmage. You're a fucking edge rusher. Yeah. Well, guy, guys like Terrell Suggs, uh, like Terrell Suggs, he actually right. started out his career. He, he was an outside linebacker. He eventually transitioned truly to a defensive end in the 3-4. Um, but Barrett really is. I mean, the, what, what what type of defense do the Bucks run? They don't, they don't run a 3-4. They do with Todd Bowles now. Actually. Oh, they do? Yes. Okay. All right. So he is an, he's like a true ed, edge rushing outside linebacker. So the guys that really get burned in these little situations are outside edge rushers like Von Miller you know, guys that are considered linebackers, where as in their system, they truly are lining up on the line. That's what the three four is. If yeah. you're an outside linebacker, you're lining up on the line. You should be a defensive end. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you've seen some teams try to sway it the other way. Like the, depending on usage, you've seen some nickel corners. Uh, depending on on alignment, they try to say, "Oh, well, you're a safety. You're a free safety who's playing." You know, in in the box, they're not outside, right? Because I mean, all that does is save money. And in, in the in the the situation between. Uh, the difference between an edge rusher or de- defensive end and a linebacker, we're looking at about $5 million this year in franchise tag. Uh, the difference between a corner and a safety is probably more than that. Um, we saw it a couple years ago. Jimmy Graham filed a grievance because of his usage. He felt like he aligned more to the definition of a wide receiver versus a tight end. And, and let's be real. He's not trying to block anybody. Jimmy Graham is not trying to block anybody. <laughs> he wants to catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, you know, there's, there's some usage. And, and that's where I think they need to have a definition. Let, let's say the Jimmy Graham situation. If you play, you know, Split. 75% of your snaps, X number of yards removed from the last uh, the alignment on the end of the line, then you're a slot receiver. And I believe that was actually his argument when, when he filed the grievance. And stuff, yeah. Which, and, and at first glance, you look at it and you're like, well, no, he's a fucking tight end. But when you look at his usage, you're like, eh, he's kind of a slot receiver. When does he actually block? Come right. On. Like, and he's not a tight end. Yeah, so I think the Dupree, I, I definitely, I think he has a, a point. Um, 
I, there's no chance it gets it gets you know pushed on. Well, well, I mean, there's some other guys in that, like Matthew Judon, who kind of is used similarly. He plays a little bit more linebacker, um, but he's you know one of the Ravens players that that's kind of in a similar situation, yep. not filing a grievance. And then you have um, a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who is still on the Jaguars for some reason because they just don't want to trade him and give up less value for him. Yeah, that situation um, is so awkward. Like. He wants uh, he wants out so bad. He wanted out before last season, won't. and then played yeah. the whole season. Showed up, you know, played every game, and then he still wants out. And he's like, that just, situation is cringy. And I wish, hell. I wish, I wish being trapped in Jacksonville on no one. Yeah, like right? not my own worst enemy. <laughs> Gosh, man, that that has become one of the worst death pits in the NFL. They went from the AFC Championship to yes. like the Brown South in you know, a season. You know what's weird about Jacksonville too? One of the most successful NFL extension teams in history. Yeah. They came, they came out Mark Brunel. I mean, they, they were fantastic Both for the first couple of years. Year. Yeah. The the Panthers have been Dude, pretty successful I, as well. I think that uh, Jacksonville made the playoffs the second year. Mm-hmm. I know that I, I remember, I'll never forget it. I, Dan, I think Dan the Panthers Marino's, like went to the conference championship game or their second year or something stupid like that. Dan Marino's last game was just getting schlobber knocked by Mark Brunel and Jacksonville. I'll never yeah. forget that game. I, he I loved it. Got his <laughs> ass whooped. Yeah. Fred Taylor. Did you not just, like Dan Marino? I, I wasn't a big Dolphins fan, so oh, I didn't, I, didn't I like love Dan, Dan Marino. Marino. I, I, there's something about Dan Marino that always kind of rubs me the wrong He's way. definitely a dickhead. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's yeah. definitely. I don't, I don't think. He's a yinzer. Is he really? Yeah, I didn't he know that. He went, he went to, to Pit. Yep. Ah, uh, that's, that's what you don't like about. Him. I don't think I. I don't think I've ever heard a story about Dan Marino um, where it was positive. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he, he just he kind of dude. And he had a great cameo in Ace Ventura, though. Yes, that's. See, I think that's nice, why. Here's a nice Dubich name drop. Uh, I think I was six or seven. It's I was a Newman Segway. I was I was at the deli with my grandpa, which is like the most like Italian like thing to do is just like go 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 to the deli and Promancy Brothers, Pittsburgh. Uh, not Promancy Brothers, uh, but yeah, I, I met Dan Marino there uh, as we were picking up uh, picking up some cold cuts, um, and I like couldn't even speak because little seven year old Brandon was awkward and didn't know how to talk like I do now. Was he an asshole to you? He was not. He was so nice. I got a I got a signature signed from him on like. Makes you wonder. Receipt. Was he always an asshole? Or was he just jaded that he played at a high level for that many years and didn't even come close to winning? A nah, Super Bowl? he was an asshole coming out of college. That's why <laughs> okay. he dropped to like. That's why he dropped in the draft. Actually, there there was a lot of reasons. You know, he's uh, who was that court? Bo Callahan. Is that it from Draft Day or whatever that is? Oh, <laughs> Who cares? That movie's garbage. He's like, oh, he's got he's got no friends. <laughs> Nobody went to his birthday party. Nobody, Nobody went, went to his twenty first birthday party. <laughs> yes. So I, I just want to point out how much of a hypocrite I am because I I don't oh, we know. Think Bud, we know. <laughs> I don't think Bud Dupree should get uh, should get paid as a defensive end, but I definitely think Cam Hayward um, should get a similar extension that Chris Jones just got as a defensive tackle. Well, you, even well, though, what do you think about Shaq Barrett? I mean, he was one of the most imposing uh, pass rushers in the league last year, and he lined up on he lined up on the line a lot. I mean, he was he was like a defensive end a. Like one A, you know what I'm saying? Like those two players aren't aren't apples to apples though. Shaq Barrett is immensely better than Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree is average. I agree, 100. percent I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I have no issue with that. But no. I mean, Shaq Barrett also was not very good with Denver. That's why he was signed to the Bucks on a very cheap deal, and yeah. then playing in a much better system where they're actually utilizing him. Todd Bowles, you know, finds a way to do it, and, and he has that great season. Buy them cannons. Buy them cannons. 
but sorry for I, years. I mean, I mean, there there's some other guys that you know had signed their franchise tag that aren't going to be allowed to negotiate extensions. You know, Dak being the biggest name out of it. AJ Green, uh, another big name, but also is he worthy of it? And then how about your boy Anthony Harris? Maybe one of the fewest known or less lesser known players on this list. Anthony Harris is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. And if you don't know who Anthony Harris is, there's good reason for that. Uh, he is a product of Chris Spielman, who completely undrafted. Um, he's actually a really remarkable player. I actually saw his first game live uh, because uh, Harrison Smith was injured. He has come along. I've never seen a player develop like him, and so progressively. He came along back like back in t- 2015, barely made the roster the next year, uh, was a really good player the, the following year, but was in such a crowded safety field. Anthony Harris is absolutely lights out. I mean, we're talking about borderline all pro talent undrafted. Mm-hmm. Like you don't see that a lot at the safety position. You really don't. Safety Definitely position not. is one of those positions that like, it's very much about pedigree. Uh, the guys that are coming out of Alabama, they always end up good. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it's the safety position is very much like you kind of get what you see or, co- or converted corners. Yeah. yeah for for, for sure. the most part, uh, the in in the defensive backfield, you get a lot of really good players that are are almost always high draft picks. There's the few outliers like Josh Norman um, had had some really good years there, and he was like lowly drafted. But for the most part, they're they tend to be high drafted guys, which is why I'm for drafting defensive backs. You know, often and early. Sure. Well, let's go to the AFC East guys because I know we wanted to talk. We wanted to touch base uh, on the AFC East and what we're going to be doing. Uh, the NFL season is upon us, folks. So what we're going to be doing in these next few season, next few podcasts is we are going to be previewing different divisions. And on tap for this week is the AFC East. One of the most confusing divisions in all of football. Because you can point at some divisions and say, that's one of the best divisions in football. You know, that's, that's going to be one of these dark horses. The AFC East is very confusing. Nobody really knows what we're going to get out of them. You have the Buffalo Bills, who were very good last year, but they were really good two years prior, and then they fell off the cliff the following year. That's kind of what the Bills do. Who emerges as the AFC, without Brady there, who's dominated that division more than any player has ever dominated division in NFL history? Who, what, where do, where do we go with this division? So, I mean, the door's wide open for, for somebody to take a step. They do have a hurdle this year. So, unfortunately, they get matched up with the AFC West and the NFC West in terms of their schedules. And I think that that, I went through all the team schedules. I think that impacts the entire division quite a bit. If they're playing, you know, an easier division like the AFC South or something like that, then they might have a couple more wins in there. But that's good call. The, the, those are some pretty tough divisions, especially the <laughs> NFC West. Very tough divisions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't even argue that both those divisions are in the top two of their conferences, right? 100%. If if not, both number one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Straight up. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like, to me, I'm still giving it to the Patriots just by a nose hair. Um, I... I do have a lot of question marks about them. They, they lost quite a bit on the defensive end. They yes. had a lot of guys transition, actually go down to Miami to play with Brian Flores. Um, I just, uh, so, I mean, I, I kind of want to give them a little bit of a tick back, but if Newton is healthy, that makes the entire difference to me, and I, I still think that they win the division. Is uh, is Bill Belichick still the coach up, up there? Th- that's mm-hmm. my faith. That's where my oh, faith okay. lies. Yeah, to me, that's like the end of the conversation. So you're still Pat's number one. 
I, I still think so. And, and, and I will remain that way until somebody else proves me wrong. Uh, which remember when the Jets were supposed to be really good in like 2007, 2008, they were the next, uh, they're going to be the next big thing in that division. The, the Jets made two runs <laughs> in the AFC Championship Ugh. game. That's dude. what I'm saying. Like it's, it's every time that, that some other team is supposed to be ready to dethrone them, it doesn't happen. Brandon, I want to do a Game of Thrones reference here. Whenever you hear Patriots fans talk, do they not sound like the fucking Lannisters? Oh, yeah. It's so uh, smart. It uh, uh, who's, who's, the, who's the coach? Uh, yes, I do believe it's still William Tywin Lannister. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I am a, a very objective Patriots fan. You are, but you're also... They're all, Patriots fans... There's just no just way around it. He's the best coach. He's the best coach in the history of the fucking game. Except for Patriots fans don't pay their debts. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's the best coach in the history of the game. I honestly, I, I yes, of course, there's no argument. I, I really, I think Cam Newton brings another element to it. I think Josh McDaniel will be able to get a lot out of him. I think he's going to be running the football a lot. I it, think it, we if are, Cam Newton were to get hurt, where what, what are the Patriots' chances of winning that division? If it, honestly, I think hurt week three. Let's say he gets hurt, it's, it probably becomes a coin flip. I, I think it's an open. It's a three a, right. a three team so, race. So far, we have Miami and the Jets. We have Patriots. Patriots. Uh, Brandon, where are you going? You know I love my hot takes, but I can't take the Bills with this one. It's, it's, it's the Patriots. Uh, it's it's the Patriots for, for the reasons Newman and uh, and Derek said. Uh, Vegas believes the same thing. Vegas has them at plus one hundred five, which is about as close as a lock as you're going to get. They they have their over under at ten and a half, which almost ensures that they'll make uh, the playoffs. Um, so yeah, uh, I always happen to side with Vegas, uh, rarely side with Derek and Newman, but I am going to side with them on this one. So uh, it's, the Patriots it's, it's always, it's the chicken of the egg argument. I've, I've said it a million times. And if you're tired of me saying it, just think about how appropriate that is. Cause you don't know who is more responsible for whose success, because without Brady, there's no Billichek without Billichek. There's no Brady. So that's what we're going to find out this year is which one was it? But I heard an interesting theory where it was like, if the Patriots do well, um, it means that Tom Brady was just a system quarterback and like you can rejoice in that. But if the Patriots <laughs> do bad, then the Patriots do bad. And so you can, so it's like win-win, I feel like. I don't, you know, to, you, you see me, what I'm saying though? If the Patriots do well, yeah, the no matter if they do well or if they do bad. I, I don't, I don't know. Because you're going to suck fan. when they both yeah. go 12 like and 4 if, if, and both get a potential buy in the first If you hate the Patriots, you also hate Tom Brady. That's my point. So if they do bad, you're, yeah. you're like, you're like, oh, the Patriots are doing bad. Like, thank God. If they do good, you're like, good. Tom Brady was a system quarterback, which I don't believe. Tom Brady's no. the greatest quarterback of all time. And let's not pretend like Cam Newton isn't a former MVP. And <laughs> what, but let's also not pretend that if it wasn't for Bill Belichick, Tom Tom Brady would not be who he is. I agree. And, and if it not wasn't for, it's, yeah. If, if it wasn't for Drew Bledsoe taking a shot from Mo Lewis, Tom Brady wouldn't be who he is. You're yeah. welcome. I, I wish, like, like Brandon said, I wish I could go for with the sexy pick here and go with like try to be controversial, but you can't. In this argument, there's only one choice, and it's the Patriots. Yeah. Okay, so where do you see the Bills at? Because to me, they're the, they're the contender. I don't think they are. I think Miami's better than the Bills. The, the Bills. I trust Miami. Oh, I don't agree with that. I trust Miami to. I think Miami could surprise people, but I don't think they're the better team. I, I trust not the better roster. Well, certainly, no, they're not the better roster, but I trust. Miami to live up to its potential more than I trust the Bills to. So the Bills are a better team on on paper, hands down. Sure, but here's, they underperform every year. Here's my issue with that. So I think the I think the Dolphins had a really good draft. I actually don't think that the Bills had a very good draft. But 
with this offseason that we've had where they're not able to practice, how many of those players are going to be able to make an impact immediately? I think that hurts the Dolphins a lot, and they do have a lot of free agent signings. They did a good job, but they're not going to be able to incorporate everyone into the team. So I think that that's going to affect them and hold them back. But they just did it last year with a whole new team. A new team bringing a new system. Everybody was under the same kind of sure but the time. schedule is harder this year that's the other point that uh you know but everybody's playing the same schedule so, so, we're not playing a different schedule sure. than anybody else. so so here's here's the dolphin schedule at uh, at i mean uh, other than division at jacksonville you're gonna name all 16 no just the 10 <laughs> okay. at jacksonville at the niners at the broncos at the cards and at the raiders so i mean i think that at best you're looking at a three and two out of that then then they're at now um, you're one and four that's one and four then you're hosting the seahawks hosting the chargers hosting the rams hosting the Bengals, and hosting the chiefs you might go one and four there too so yeah, like it's a really fortunate home schedule. I will just I will say like the the homes the homes you always want your tougher opponents at home, right? And yeah. they have like the Chiefs. Uh, you said Seattle, I think even yep. at home. Seahawks, yeah. Chargers, Rams. That's pretty Bengals, fortunate Chiefs. to have both those because but let's face it, both those on the road, zero and two. Yeah, one hundred percent, both of them. But I mean, the like the Cardinals are a pretty good team. The 49ers, that's a definite loss at, at the 49ers, There's no way, for sure. So I mean, no, I, I have I have the Dolphins at four and twelve. Vegas has Vegas has five and a half as their over under. I have them at five uh, and eleven. Yeah, uh, I mean um, they're 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 going to be bad. I take the over on five and a half personally. Same. Yeah, I so, take the over. All right, Drew. Or Drew, I got a question for you. So they have Patriots at ten and a half. You taking the over under on that? Oh, it's so tough. It's in. Uh, don't you just see some lines and you're like, that's fucking perfect Vegas. And that's yeah. one of them. That's perfect. I had him at 10 wins. I, I, cause, <laughs> Cause confidently I have him at 10 wins. You know what I'm saying? Confidently. I have him at 10 wins. Like I, yeah. I, I would almost bet anybody in the universe, even without Cam Newton, they're not fucking losing more than six games. Yeah. No agree. way. Even with, even with Stidham, they don't lose yeah. one six. No way. Without Cam Newton, they are still that, that good. That defense is good enough that they're going to win. For sure. On, their on their schedule's pretty hard, too, though. Yeah. At the Seahawks, at it's the Chiefs, Bill at fucking the Texans. Bill <laughs> well, listen, at, at the Seahawks, at the Chiefs, at the Texans, he at the Chargers, at the Rams. conquered Peyton Manning his entire fucking head coaching. Like, he... He conquered the ultimate beast. He, he slayed domin- the dragon over and over and over again. He yeah, dominated but, Mike Tomlin for his but, but, the but entire run. Yeah, but they also cheated in doing that. Um, <laughs> Not in those but, games. But, any, but anyway, so here's the thing, right? Let's say that um, what was the best part about the, the Patriots last year? Their defense, right? Hands yep. down. Definitely. They lost three or four of their linebackers. They also I lost can tell you a couple of their defensive ends. Unequivocally, the front seven in the Patriots scheme is fucking plug and play. As long as the secondary is good, they're fine. Okay, whatever you say, man. All right. Like, so what, what? Let's let's talk about the Jets. Sure. So what? What is the Jets Vegas line on wins? So it is plus seven hundred, and it is at six and a half, which I also have at the under. At uh, I have them at six and ten. I have them at seven and nine. So I'm like right in right on par with Vegas. Yeah. What, are, yeah. what are the Bills? Just out of curiosity, what's the Bills, Bills Vegas were, line? Bills were eight and a half. Eight I have and a half. I have them at Holy nine and seven. Shit. <laughs> That is a bad sign. Yeah. Vegas is very, very, very pessimistic on the Bills. Yeah. Because they're all about trends. And it, like I said earlier, the Bills were really good a couple of years ago, and then they full, fell off the face of the earth the next year. So do you do you think it factors in the fact that, obviously, one of the things the Bills have going for them is a very, very strong home atmosphere. Uh, New York State's not in good shape. No. Do you, I mean, I, I, that has they're to They're also going to be right? one of the last teams to flinch in terms of just allowing 35,000, you know, plus people. To, and I'm... When I say 35,000, I'm talking about like half capacity. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they're going to be the last people to even, like, budge on that. 
yep. have capacity, no fucking way. But, New but York State, cold no there. way. So, yep. so, but, no but way. here's the thing: the, the bill schedule is not not uh, easy either. Obviously, they get the Titans. Um, you know, b- besides the AFC West and AFC uh, and NFC West, and then they get the Steelers. So, like, those are probably both losses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Outside of outside of having to play, and in that's the thing divisions. too. The Titans, especially like the way the Bills play, the Titans are a tough matchup yeah, because they def- play. They, they're gonna they're gonna run the ball down their throat. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a tough matchup. And, and I didn't really think that the Bills did a very good job in free agency. I didn't think their draft was that great. Nope. I mean, they're, they're Definitely only, not their only those. addition is is Stephon Diggs. But their team like, was really good last year. And they, yes. they, they add a, they add a at, at the very least, dynamic downfield threat. Sure. But did they get a little lucky last year on some of their games? We felt like that all year, right? Yeah. So if that luck turns the other way, this is a team that could easily kind of take a dive like I, you were talking about. It. I also feel like they got hosed in the playoffs, uh, especially, you know, the. I mean, I, I, Bill should have fucking won that game. Yeah. They but, were the better team. But Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. Yep. So 100%. Um, I mean, so so here's my thoughts on the Jets, though. Um, I think that they did they did a pretty good job of drafting, and they I think they actually did a pretty good job uh, in free agency. They added to the offensive line, which is a huge, huge need for them. Um, and then, you know, their defense was actually pretty decent, especially some of the additions they had made previously. So another year in the system, Greg Williams is a pretty good defensive coordinator. Um, I think it comes down to whether or not Sam Darnold can make the leap as a player. They gotta, and they got to figure this Jamal Adams thing out. For sure. Like, yes. What is going on? You can't have that over you hanging over so, the whole season. Well, how many wins are like, so if, if the over under is what? Six and a half, I believe it was for the Jets. Mm-hmm. What, yes, what, what is the uh, Vegas Newman deduction or what? What's he going to overrate them as, as the Homer pick? So, I, so, I have so seven and nine. So, when you're gauging Newman's, like, what's the Vegas equation to even it out to what he actually thinks? I think it's about one full win. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, which will put him at six and ten, which is where I was. Yep. And as you guys know, I'm never yep. wrong. So Newman yeah. agrees with you, P- pretty pretty much. So, so I mean, here's the Jet <laughs> schedule for for context. They get the Colts at the Colts, which I think is honestly a winnable game for the Jets. Um, I, it's kind of a toss up, but I think it's winnable. Um, the chargers, it's kind of, we, we don't really know what the chargers are yet. Right. So no. that's winnable. Quarterback plays not at all. Um, it's such a, a variable there. Then they get the Ra- them at two and oh in both those games. Then they get the Raiders, the Broncos, Browns, Cardinals, um, and 49ers all at home. Like they could win four out of the five of those. Mm, three out of five. Yeah. Well, yeah, where, where's wrong, the, where's the, where's the other loss? We've been high on the Raiders and the Broncos. I, Dude, I, I take. I, do not, I, I am not high on the Raiders at all. So, especially not on the road. I think they're going to get a, a good. Well, they yeah, would have gotten a good east, boost, right? From you know having a new stadium, new fans, all that. But then they lose that too. I mean, the, the Raiders could they could very well be like a two, three or four win team this yeah, year. Yeah, it's the, almost the, like the Raiders. The Raiders coach is the most overrated coach in NFL history. He's yep, definitely. certainly up there. No, I think <laughs> Jeff Fisher maybe has that. No. Nobody, no. nobody's high on Jeff Fisher. Jeff, he just Jeff, somehow Jeff survived. Nobody's high on Jeff Fisher. That's the, no. Well, you can't find a guy that's like Jeff Fisher's really he, good. He just You're somehow gonna find survived. a random dude that's like, yeah, I love Gruden. Yeah. Why? I think the the only thought on Jeff Fisher is how the fuck did he survive that long? <laughs> yeah, and dude, Jeff, I'll bet Jeff. Uh, I man, I love to pull up both. Rob Ryan has. I'd love to pull up both their winning records and see which is better. I'd almost be surprised if Gruden was Gruden's was better. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> so you're so you're not doing it. No, I'm, I'm not going to pull that. Out. No, right I, I don't. I don't want right. to type the word Jeff Fisher or John Gruden into my search history. Oh, see, the Buffalo Bills are so shitty that New Era doesn't even want to be involved with them. 
<laughs> just got breaking news that New Era is opting as uh, asking for a release from the stadium right, the stadium naming rights. Oh, good, good for they them. They want out. So I don't. There's they're, gonna be a new name. They're taking name. that under too. They're yeah, taking they're, that they're under. They're like, oh, sh- we don't want to be associated with this shit. So, so, uh, okay, so I mean, for the most part, I feel like we've we've kind of laid the groundwork for where we feel the division's going to be. Um, we, we all have the Patriots. We we pretty much have. You know, you guys think that the Dolphins are going to be better than me. Um, and and other than that, we're kind of. I don't. I have the I have the Dolphins at four and twelve. Uh, I have mm-hmm. I have Patriots uh, eleven and five. Guys, I'm I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to be good. I'm just saying they're one of these weird dark horse teams because yeah. you saw splashes last year, and if you, if you add in Tua, I think the Dolphins really are going to be better. I mean, dude, Tua is an unbelievable player. And he's, like, very, if, he's, if, he's very much pro ready. Yes, that, I, that's the thing. He could have an RG three level rookie season, and they could just go off. That's what I'm saying. They're they're a weird dark horse team, but 100. percent I, I would the say Dolphins are going to be better next year. Next year is the Dolphins year, sure. in my opinion. I would say Pats, then Buffalo, 100. percent Okay. Yeah, but I I I, I just I, I think the Dolphins are interesting. I think the Jets are going to suck this year. Uh, I'll take that action. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so one more series that we're doing this year, and it's uh, we're we're gonna do a breakdown of the top three players at each position. So this today on tap, we have wide receivers and cornerbacks. So we're just gonna start with you know for the most part the cornerbacks. I feel like we are in agreement. So we're gonna we're gonna start there. Uh, does anybody not have Stephon Gilmore as the top corner? I don't, no. I don't think so. The dude's yeah. a freak, right? And He's then ridiculous. in some in some order, I think we all have you know Jalen Ramsey and Tre'Davious White. Yep. No. Who, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I have Tredarius White, but I do not have uh, Jalen. I Hammond. figured. I figured Brandon was going to do that. Okay. So, 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 explain your rationale there, Brandon. Um, I, I mean, or who's so your other guy? I have Marlon Joe Humphrey Hayden. as uh, Marlon Humphrey from the the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon secretly uh, has a man crush on the Ravens. God, they're such a good organization. <laughs> I mean, I fucking hate those motherfuckers. They are. But- they they do things and they player develop. They draft. They spend a top I mean, three organization, one hundred percent. Ever I since they ran away from them. Cleveland in the middle of the night, yep, they've been nothing but class. Who wouldn't? Yeah, I, I had Humphrey just outside my top three. There, it, 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 I debated on it. Um, he's really good, but I, I want to see more than one year production. Uh, you know, at that level, so th- that's why I had him just outside. Yeah, he's one of the ones I can see jump in, and then I'm I'm a big uh, Slay guy as well. I have uh, Darius Slade too. God yeah. damn it! Yeah, that, that position is a little bit hot, kind of hard. But there's I, there's I just so many different schemes. Some guys are supposed too. to play bump and run. Some guys have to play zone. Like it's 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 a tough position for for sure. But I mean, if if I'm gonna say, hey, give me a corner that can do both, I, so so that's where I, I get with Jalen Ramsey. Like I know for a fact he could. You can slide him back. He could play safety. Sure. Jalen's gonna be in the NFL for another ten years. Sure, one hundred percent. He could play because, a linebacker because he'll he'll slide back and he'll play safety later in his career <laughs> so if, good. if he wants to. Yep. So I, I mean, don't like the fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, so, that's fair. A bias kicking in, of course, for Brandon. I mean, not many people do. He's <laughs> kind of a piece of shit. But yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's not player. a likable guy, but he's, yeah. he's a, a very talented athlete. Yep. Yeah. Don't get around that. Um, and I mean, Stefan Gilmore, I mean, Gilly Locke he, is he, a beast. He's amazing. Yep. Um, but the crazy thing is, he was in Buffalo and then he had to go to, I mean, he was good in Buffalo, but he had to go to New England to really get untapped as his potential. So, I he's mean, he's a cool guy, too. But Jalen Ramsey, just you gotta, I, I gotta put Jalen Ramsey in the top three list. Of course, did he have a good year last year? He didn't. But you still bet on the talent, one hundred percent. Did Derwin James have a good year last year? No, he didn't. He's gonna be fucking phenomenal next year, and so is Jalen Ramsey. He's yeah. still in the prime of his career. I mean, he's barely even hitting his prime. Yeah. He came out of the NCAA when he's twenty-one years old. He's been extremely good. 
already in his NFL career. Jalen Ramsey is an athletic freak. Is he a head case? Is he kind of an idiot? 100% on both. But he's fucking a freak athlete. Jalen Ramsey was a was an All-American in two sports. He was an All-American corner, and he was also an All-American track, track athlete. Yeah. Yep. So, like, dude is an absolute freak athlete, and people just don't understand it. But he's also one of the most competitive motherfuckers you'll ever yeah. see. He got kicked out of practice one day because he was going too hard. Jimbo Fisher was like, we told you you were supposed to go half speed. Get out of here. Like, <laughs> Tony, he will eventually end up on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I, it'd be, I mean, for one, the Cowboys, I argued that they should have taken him over Zeke, to be to be fair. But whatever, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, some other guys that I thought were interesting, uh, uh, Casey Hayward for the Chargers is maybe one of the best inside corners in the NFL. Um, and then I think Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward are two guys that are about to make the leap there uh, for the Packers and the Cleveland I mean, Browns. Ward's already made that leap. He's fucking ridiculously good. He, mm-hmm. he He's already a top five corner yeah. so, right so, now. So I, I like to see multiple years of production out of some guys, and so that that's where I'm kind of holding them back just a little bit. Um, but is Tredavious White not the most underrated player maybe in the he, NFL? He's, he had a Darrell Revis-like year last year. He, he just locking guys down. And, and he's been doing that for years. Do you remember when he's Gronk... trapped up on the Canadian border. Nobody do you remember when, when he was, like, frustrating the hell out of Gronk, and then Gronk, like, gives him that cheap shot a few years ago where he just jumps on him after the fact? Like, like he, he has the ability to completely shut guys down and frustrate you. Oh, he shut, he shut Brady down both games. It was, like, the, those... Both those Buffalo... Both those Buffalo... Uh, New England games last year were were great, and they were great because of guys like White. Because Brady's not an idiot; he knows who the best guy is that he's throwing. You know what I'm saying? Like he's going to avoid him like the plague, as all good players do, except for Jameis. Well, what's the Patriots' strategy? (laughs) Uh, What do you do well? Okay, that's we're going to avoid. What you do poorly, that's we're going to attack. Never throw to his side. So let's go to wide receivers. So top wide receivers in the league. Um, Number one, I mean. I, I think we're going to differ on this, but I got DeAndre Hopkins. I don't even really Period. think it's close. Period. Um, I I truly believe like he's one of these guys. He was successful before Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson did not make Hopkins. Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback, but he did not make Hopkins. He was doing these things with fucking Savage Brock back in the Osweiler. day. Osweiler. Yeah. Exactly. Just trash. He, he's just trash quarterback. So that's why I love him. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to really succeed in his current offense. Like, Dude, I think he's going to be off the chains this year. How many targets is he going to get oh this year? Oh, my God. Like, 135 50? is not outside. <laughs> yeah, like, 135, I think, is almost realistic. Right. Uh, so I think, I think Andy Isabella is standing one? in the middle of the field, like by himself. Yeah. Well, you got Fitzgerald too, and Christian yeah. Kirk. Like they have some good wide receivers. And, oh, hey, by the way, fucking Drake coming out of the backfield. Yep. But does anyone disagree with him at number one? Do not. That no, he's no. he's the top receiver in the NFL. Brandon? Brandon? No. Nope. Okay. okay. So number two, I got Julio Jones, and I know everyone's going to disagree with that. Um, not I, me. I no, just I, I think too. he's just an unbelievable downfield threat still to this day. You guys were saying you think he's lost a little bit. He 100% has, but he's still so good. Um, and I think that after Hopkins is kind of a big drop-off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? So PFF had the highest-graded wide receivers in 2019. Chris Godwin at a 90.7. Julio Jones at 90.6. I don't think he's dropped off at all. Uh, I think, if anything, quarterback failures and, and, and other issues are kind of hurting him in that respect. And also, you know, he doesn't have Roddy White and some other guys. It's it's kind of only Julio. Like, who else do they really throw the ball to other than, like, Calvin Austin, Ridley. Other than Austin Hooper? I mean, Calvin Ridley doesn't have a ton of targets, though. Yeah. He does catch some passes. He's emerging, he turns though. into 
you know, red zone scores and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But for the most part, he doesn't get a ton of targets. It's I'd a buy very low stock on Calvin Ridley. Oh yeah. I think he's, I think, I think he's going to, he's going to turn into something. I, I don't, I'm not saying that Calvin Ridley is a bad player, but there's like Julio gets the bulk of the targets yeah. and he's still very extremely productive with them. For yeah. sure. And, and I think the, the, the touchdown thing, he erased that last year. So yeah, uh, so I don't have Julio at. I have him in my top three. I have him, I have him as number three, but I have Michael Thomas as uh, as number two. I mean, he literally shattered uh, the record. Uh, it's hard to say. I don't even have him. Michael Thomas in my top five. I don't have him in my top three. I do have him in my top five. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's crazy to dispute that he's a top three wide receiver. Personally, I I one hundred percent agree with Brandon. So um, here, here's my argument against him. He. If he was in a different offense where he didn't have That's the it. insane target share, yep. would he be as good a player, or would he? Everyone think he's he as good a player as he is. If he, he, if he had to run more than more than four routes, would he be sure the same but player? I no. think he wouldn't be in that scheme and be running the routes he was if he didn't have the body and the athleticism that he does. Because the reason they, of course, they run those routes because he's this massive guy that can go up for the ball. He has he's fucking unstoppable. He has absolute fucking velcro hands like the guy can grip a ball you he's just one of these guys you can depend on he can go run and just go up for it or run a really quick route and you can't stop it don't, don't get me wrong i have him as my four who my wins fourth. but if you if you have michael thomas why wouldn't you scheme him that way so i think any offense would not, I, well, I think it's I'm almost not, a paradox but if I'm he has any offense would 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 run that but i'm saying i'm not saying i'm not saying scheme i'm saying target share there's yeah. nobody else to you throw target the ball your to best last year. and biggest wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, but if they it have, works, uh, so let's let's say um, let's let's replace him with Chris Godwin. Let's let's switch him. Right? Um, is so now he's got Michael Mike Evans and Chris and and on his on his team. Does he get the same target share? No, because he has another option to throw the ball to as much. I don't actually agree though. I, I mean, I, I think his his target share comes down. It's closer to what Chris Godwin's were last year. I think if you got a guy like Michael Thomas, you run him in the exact way that you have because it's been working for fucking years. He's this big body. He's unstoppable on certain routes. There's been a million wide receivers that teams do that with. Yeah, There are guys that just run flawless routes, and you cannot stop it no matter what you do. So that's what Michael Thomas and that offense has found. It makes so for, all the sense For me, it was, it was a tougher decision between Hopkins and Thomas than it was for Thomas and Jones. Um, you know, I, I, I think Hopkins and Thomas, I, it, it was tough for me to pick a third one actually for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I have Jones as three. Um, I, I would just I, love I, I to think. see what Julio Jones would have done in his career and the saints. Okay. He so, would be just uh, like legendary. So, so Derek, who, who's in your top three along with Julio Jones and. Um, so I, I have Julio, I have, uh, where am I at? Hopkins. Yeah. Who's third. And I had, I have this written down cause there's just so fucking many. I had, um, uh, Tyreek Hill at three. Ty- Tyreek Hill is an interesting yeah. concept because he has the freakish ability of yeah. the speed and he's gadget. They, they move him all over the field. If I had him as an offensive coordinator, I would love that because you could do anything with him and just drive defensive coordinators crazy with that. Um, and I have, I've actually had a question written down in my notes. I was like, where does he fit in for you guys? So just out of curiosity, where would you guys put Tyreek Hill? Oh, I didn't even consider him. This is a, another Brandon bias came in. I drafted him uh, way too high in fantasy and he fucking fucked me. Oh, yeah, dude, that had nothing to do. He got suspended. Um, he got suspended and then he got hurt. So yeah, I, I have Tyreek Hill at three. I have, thank uh, you for not playing in that game, by the way, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, no kidding. 
I, I actually, I mean, honestly, I like OBJ a lot. And I think OBJ gets overlooked. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, he had a down year in Cleveland. He still had a fucking thousand yards. I feel like he's had a couple down years, though, in terms of, you know, him being that. But his, his down year is still a thousand yards. I think right. he's going through random Randy Moss like skid. Sure. Where Randy Moss was playing out in Oakland with some shitty ass quarterbacks, and he's just he's just going through this with his career. Um, I think he could have a comeback here, though, even not with the Browns. In, not in Cleveland. Not in Cleveland. <laughs> so my my third guy, um, and you guys might not like this, but uh, I have Devontae Adams. I think he's I, extremely. He's, he's my five. I think I think he's extremely underrated. Um, yep. If you look at what the the Packers wide receivers look like without Devontae Adams. They're absolute fucking trash. Yep. Aaron Rodgers still makes it work, but like when you actually see a good wide receiver with them, the things that he's able to do, like there was one game I remember watching, I think it was, I think it was against like the Bears or something, and he's like they're moving him all over the place and you everyone knows where the ball's going and nobody can stop it. Yep. I, I think I think he deserves conversation in there and so I had him as my third wide receiver. I think if Antonio Brown's still in the league right now and of a sound mind, he's still in the top three conversation. And that is such a sad thing to me. I have no argument with that. I like if, if he's still in this league and he's still in of sound mind and isn't just a complete piece of shit. Like I feel bad for that guy. I really do. One day he's going to look back at this and be like, wow, what a fucking wasted opportunity. How could you not? Oakland was ready to pay him how much money? Oh, my God, yeah. man. He would have been so and good he, in Oakland. And he would have had, had a like, great year. He would have had an insane amount of targets. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's a, just a complete idiot. I feel really bad for that guy because I, I've, I've, I have I've not admired talent like that in quite some time. And he just blew it, man. And for years in Pittsburgh, you didn't hear a peep. Nothing. He was bullets. Makes you wonder what else Mike Tomlin's covering up. Exactly, though. That that just, I, I've always said it. If you don't respect Mike Tomlin, respect him for that. This crazy motherfucker was under his tutelage for, what, nine years? Yep. Eight years? Fucking insane. So, so, crazy. So, so here's a, uh, another concept on, on um, Antonio Brown. Like, there was conversation that the Bucs wanted to bring him in because Brady likes him, right? Brady wants him to be there. But His former roommate. Who, who's the head coach of the Bucs? Bruce Arians. And he's a former offense coordinator of yep. the Steelers. So if anybody understands the trouble that you can get in with Antonio Brown, there's a reason Bruce Arians keeps going, now nah, we're not signing him. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, and especially, I, I mean. They don't need him. Exactly. Oh, like, oh, oh, you're not, oh, you're not sure. a team that, that needs to roll the dice and like try to take him in. Uh, you're, I mean, I, I could see, I still think he'll, he'll end up in San Francisco sometime this season. Um, I, I think the Ravens would, are, would be are a good fit too. Yeah. I, I think the Ravens are a good fit if they can control him. Yep. And I think that they have a the coach in place that, that they could. And his cousin plays for the team, so that's yep. kind of cool. Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yep. I I mentioned that uh, when I when I said said I thought that they should sign him last year too. So uh, I stand by. He won't play in the NFL this year. Probably not. Probably not. Guys, we it's been a long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So we got to wind this down, folks. But uh, it's been a good one. Uh, fucking DJ Fresh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, you're amazing. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and supporting this area. You're the reason this area has become what it is. Um, any closing thought, guys? No, I'm just excited to be talking football again, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking so close. I feel I'm, I'm most confident in the NFL getting it together. Oh, for sure. I... It has to happen yep. for all of our sanities. But uh, from all from all of us at the Sports Memory, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have a good one.